Hello, every loving one of you. You're listening to Digging Through with Jesse Alvarez. I'm your host. Oh, I'm exhausted. It's uh, It's been a couple of days since 4th of July. And um, I gotta tell you, it was, it was really a weird 4th of July for me, as I'm sure it was for a lot of people. I live in a, a suburban town and every year they have um, fireworks at the um, Memorial Park and uh, the Memorial Park is basically a field, no trees, just just a baseball diamond and a soccer field and basketball courts and playground for kids, that sort of thing. And it's, it's in the center of town and everybody seemed to be quiet and somber and there were a lot of families and a lot of friends gathered together so that was nice to see but it wasn't a festive fourth of july uh last year we had people dancing and uh everyone seemed to be enjoying the evening this year everyone sat to themselves and didn't really um step outside of the groups so it was a weird fourth of july but I'm glad it's it's over, and um, even though there's ambivalence, I think we can all say that we're happy that we have the freedoms that we have. And this year, more than ever, I think we understand how easy it is to lose those freedoms. And I hope that um, there's enough of us out there that will continue to help this country grow and evolve and become the best country it's meant to be. But anyway, on to our show. It's funny, I've been really digging through art lately and and what I mean by that is I've I've just been on this weird visual quest and um, I've been going to galleries and I've been going to museums and I've been reading all these art books and um, all of this is happening um, and started happening um, about a month after the election and um, I, I don't know, I think just the idea of things going in the completely wrong direction reminded me that, that I have this um, affinity for art and that, that affinity has been there since, geez, since I was maybe six or seven years old, um, just, you know, going for the first time to the Natural History Museum and wasn't not being so much intrigued by um, the natural scenes, but more by all the artifacts, the, the, the sort of um, arrowheads and, and the, the tools that people use to essentially survive, to, to cut their food so that they can chew it better, you know, that kind of thing. And something about what happened this past November just triggered this aspect in my brain. And, and, and there I went off and, and I 
started taking pictures of all these places and all this art and all the people looking at the art and I'm completely and utterly fascinated by this at the moment and I'm not a hundred percent sure where this is all going yet I've I'm I'm trying to write a little bit about the stuff I'm looking at um, but I find that I'm I don't really want to intellectualize these feelings that I'm experiencing as I'm looking at all this stuff I actually want to just explore just simply look and feel and touch and sense so one of my favorite places to visit um, when I'm, I'm feeling incredibly engaged with art is um, printed matter. And uh, for those of you who don't know, or, or for those of you who don't live in New York City, printed matter is, is wow, it's such a freaking amazing place. Um, it's got a really rich history. It's, it's sort of a bookstore. But, but it's not just a book. There's so much more than that. Um, it's been around since 1976. And um, they are a nonprofit organization. And just reading at their website, they describe themselves as dedicated to the dissemination, understanding, and appreciation of artists, books, and related publications. Um, there's so much amazing stuff at this bookstore. I completely recommend it. They recently moved, so they're they're now located on uh, 231st 11th Avenue. And it's really easy to get to this place if you take the 7 train to um, the Hudson Yards and you just walk down to 11th. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's about maybe eight blocks away or six blocks away from from the Hudson Yard station. It's an amazing place. And um, I was there recently. You know, what I what I do is I, I, I usually try to get there, you know, on a, on a weeknight after work. Um, it's a little bit of a trek for me because I work uptown. But like I said, I take that 7 train in. And I, um, I walked in there to see someone else. And I can't remember who they were. They were... They were having an exhibition on someone's uh, art book. Um, and I I was just going through their stacks and and I found this this little book, this cute book with a stuffed giraffe on the cover, I think is a stuffed giraffe. And the title of the book was True Stories. And the author uh, was Sophie Gall. And uh, that's C-A-L-L-E, Sophie Kahl, a French woman. And um, no idea who she was. And I opened this book, and, and it was sort of like um, black and white photographs with these little one-page stories. And I was like, well, this is fucking fantastic. I love this shit. So I, you know, I, I do this thing when I, when I find a book, you know, I don't know. It's weird going to a bookstore, for me anyway, because I don't usually go there with the intention of buying someone's book. I just sort of walk in and feel the place out, and sometimes I gravitate towards a particular book, and I'll go and I'll pick it up, and usually I open it up in the middle, and I check it out. And, and if it resonates at that point, which is smack in the middle, 
then I know that the whole book is going to resonate with me. This is what I do. It, it usually works. It says it was about 90% foolproof. Um, so I did this. I did this with Sophie's book, and I loved it. I loved what I read. I loved everything about it. I loved the idea of it. I loved the photograph. I bought the freaking book. It cost me over 20 bucks. And I read that book on the beach in about an hour. And I was um, amazed and happy. It was just it was just one of those little books that made me happy. Um, and it wasn't particularly about anything extraordinary in the writing or um, in the pictures, but at the same time, it was just extraordinary that the pictures and the writing worked so well together. And, and it was such a simple, simple concept, that book. Um, it had, uh, it was exactly what the title said. They were true stories. So I opened up this book right in the middle. And the first thing I encounter is um, a sort of a black and white photograph spread on the two pages. So it, it, the black and white photograph takes up the two pages. Um, and it's a picture of uh, a wedding. A wedding party you know uh, and after the wedding picture with the whole family in front of the church uh, on the steps of the church and um, you know it's a it's a beautiful little couple in the middle and there's little kids and parents and siblings and cousins and it's been raining so some people are holding umbrellas and most people are wearing black and um, everyone looks slightly a little tired um, and so I, I, I started reading the little story and and the title of the little story is The Fake Marriage and this is how it goes Our improvised roadside marriage in Las Vegas didn't allow me the chance to fulfill the secret dream that I share with so many women to one day wear a wedding dress So on Saturday June 20, 1992 I decided to bring family and friends together on the steps of a church in Paris for a formal wedding picture. The photograph was followed by a mock civil ceremony performed by a real mayor, and then a reception. The rice, the wedding cake, the white veil, nothing was missing. I crowned with a fake marriage the truest story of my life so all right that that I was like wait what I gotta read this whole fucking book now because that was amazing and I <laughs> I think it's um, it's not only that it's a kind of like reading someone's journal kind of story it's got this sort of um, subtext to it that is of course probably the most important part of, of any story but most important part of a very short story, uh, you know, this this story is I'm guessing maybe 50 words. Um, so, you know, the subtext here, this fact that there was this improvised marriage in Las Vegas, and then they're back home, and they have to like somehow fake it because you want to make everybody happy, and now they're in front of this church, and, and they might as well do a ceremony while they're there, and 
you know it's, it's almost like you 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 go back to the tradition you go back to the thing and the thing the thing that you probably ran away from to begin with is is the thing that's most true to life because this is life right that we we know we don't want to do something just because it's been done before but not doing something because it's been done before leaves us with a strange sense that perhaps we should do the thing that's been done before because not doing it somehow makes you feel um, like you missed out on something or um, somehow it, it's not real but of course doing that thing that everybody else is telling you to do is also unreal um, so it's, it's this weird circle that we we keep going on and I I don't know that's what the story rang to me and I know that sounds convoluted and I don't give a shit if you think it's convoluted but that's what spoke to me um, and 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 Sophie Cal you know I got I got hooked I got hooked into her freaking world and now I'm like I'm devouring any book I find of hers. Um, they're all evocative, they're all weird. Um, she, uh, she was featured in a um, article in the New York Times Style Magazine earlier this year, and I found this article like, like today, I think. There's an article by her by Mary Kay Schilling called The Fertile Mind of Sophie Gall. And um, wow, it, you know, here's this woman, I think she's in her early 60s, and the picture of her is, she's wearing this, this black dress, and she's got this belly, like, like she's pregnant. Now she's, you know, she's in her 60s, so question mark, right? Um, and as you, as you read the article, you learn why she, she's got a belly, and, and it's, it's of course her next art piece, and um, she's just, uh, decided that you know she never she never got around to having her own baby but um she had a cat and and she loved this cat and and then one of her friends i guess told her well it, you know you never had kids but you're you're like a mother to that cat and so she thought well wow that that's interesting i, sh I should be the mother of this cat and so now she's decided that she's having a cat and that's what she's pregnant with again fucking crazy but I, there's just something about that that speaks to me and maybe it's because I've never had kids I mean it's just weird because again I, I keep finding pieces of, of the puzzle of, of Sofical and every piece I find I'm like oh wow this is why I like her because I get this but um, I just want to read like what she says about her, her little cat pregnancy um, just to get an idea of, of the type of artist that she is. And this is from the New York Times uh, Style Magazine. Years ago, as I was proclaiming my lack of desire to have a child, a friend remarked that my behavior toward my cat, and I think the cat's name is Suri, was that of a mother. So I decided to come full circle and give birth to my cat. I bought a fake movie prop belly and a small black and white stuffed animal that resembles him. The idea was to simulate pregnancy between 62 and 67 days, 
the normal gestation period for cats, and then symbolically give birth to Suri. I never acted on this. The summer he proved rather unconducive to wearing a fake belly. The winter didn't work either. I was traveling and installing exhibitions. While I kept delaying my pregnancy, Suri became too old. He died. <laughs> um, anyway, you really should go out there and if any of this feels right to you, you should really go into the, her work because I think she's, she's fucking amazing. And again, I'll probably talk about her some more because I'm knee deep into these books. Um, I'm reading right now Sweet Venetienne, and uh, it's really about obsession, this book. She, she starts following a man who she only met once in Venice, and it's almost like a, a weird detective book. It, it's just amazing, and, and I'm completely into it. So anyway, Sophie Kai, awesome, awesome person, and I totally fucking love you. Once again, thanks so much for listening. If you want more, you can find Digging Through with Jesse Alvarez on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Jesse Digs You. Until the next time, good night all and flowers. <laughs>